0: A few minutes live. Catch the broadcast on Kaya959.co.za. <laughs> Perhaps I say this with so much excitement. I recall our last interaction was at the Investment Forum last year at the Santon Convention Centre. And like many other investors who were in the room, uh, hearing some insight about the trends, the market trajectory and the like. So uh, it's really uh, um, exciting to have you with us on board to share some of the sentiments around exchange-traded funds in South Africa. And maybe let's start there, right? Uh, When this was first introduced in the market, um, a lot of confusion about it, some sense of hesitance. But what we're finding is that this passive manner of investing has really grown. Take us back to just understanding what an exchange-traded fund is and um, before we touch on the performance.
1: Well you're, uh, you were talking about a box of chocolates, I mean that, that's perfect. That was one of the first adverts when we launched Satrix 40 in the year 2000. Sure. We said that if you buy Satrix 40 instead of just buying one share, because mm-hmm. when you invest on in the stock market you buy a, a single bank or a single company. When you buy an ETF you're buying a portfolio or a fund. So you buy one share but you now own a whole number of other securities that form an index. And it needs to say the top 40 index in South Africa, or the Stan & Poor's 500 index in America, which is the top 500 shares in America. You buy one share and now you own a little bit of all those 500 shares in America, or you buy a Satrix 40 and you own a little bit of all the 40 top companies in South Africa. So it's a a great bargain because you're getting a diversified portfolio of different types of securities uh, from different types of industries, all with one single purchase. And that's what an exchange-traded fund is all about. You buy it on the stock exchange and you're just buying a portfolio of shares without having to go and do it yourself, mm. pay stock brokerage charges for every single security you buy. Yep. You're just buying one ETF. You don't have to pay 40 different times brokerage for the 40 shares that make up that. And so it's, uh, it's become the most popular uh, investment uh, product in America. There's no more money in exchange-traded funds in America than there is in the old-fashioned unit trusts, mutual funds, wow. and all those sort of things. So it's grown quite quickly in 20 years. South Africa is a little bit more slow to, to, to get traction, but this latest report of ours indicates that it was a great year last year. The exchange-traded product industry is now 165 billion rand mm. in South Africa. That's the size of the market cap of all the ETFs listed on the exchange. And uh, in 2000, there was one. <laughs> Cedric's 40, and now there's 212 exchange products listed
0: on the JSC. So it's quite a big uh, choice. 100%. Uh, quite a wide variety. I went back to a few conversations you had with uh, some of my peers and colleagues in the industry and it was back in 2003 actually with uh, uh, Hilton Tarrant, a bigger part in 2013 and you mentioned that the market cap at the time was $48 billion. So mm-hmm. now for us to see ourselves at $165 billion mm-hmm. really speaks to significant growth. Let's characterize what happened last year specifically though because it seems as though there's been a, a hive of activity in terms of uh, news listings and of course increased interest especially uh, when it comes to actively managed exchange-traded funds.
1: Yes well let's get to that one because historically when you bought an exchange-traded fund you just bought an index mm. and an index measures the performance of the top companies in the in a stock market, any stock market. So the perfect average. Yeah so it's ETA. a perfect average. It mm-hmm. says some shares went up some shares went down but the average in the middle is, is what you're buying is the index. So when you bought an ETF you bought the average performance of a market now, you think that isn't great, but around the world, including South Africa, 90% of all your active managers, these smart guys, can outperform the market, can't, mm. particularly over time. So, just buying the average return of a market over time is is a very good investment strategy. So, that's where ET have started, just tracking indices. Now, they've developed in America and elsewhere, but also in South Africa since last year, where the JSE now allows you to list on the stock exchange and actively manage portfolio of shares you don't have yes. to track an index you say i'm just going to put together a portfolio some mining shares and f- some financial shares and maybe some bonds and all the rest and i'm going to list a portfolio on the stock exchange and then you can buy that portfolio without having to come and buy it from me personally you can just buy it in the stock market mm. that's much easier because you can go and buy it through your stockbroker, or through your bank or your online platforms and it's much cheaper <laughs> right buying unit trusts, which traditionally can only bought th- be bought through the primary issue so opening this up to the secondary market uh, brings these things to the man in the street mm. at a low cost and it does give them the uh, potential to invest in actively managed portfolios mm. and we'll find out over time if those actively managed portfolios deliver value or not but uh for the time being it's it's been quite a hive of activity and uh Last year, they just started at the end of last year, but now there's 44. Which is significant, uh, Different actively managed certificates on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange and another five actively managed ETFs. So it's picked up quite dramatically just in one year. Sure. And this isn't this is just the start i'm
0: assuming <laughs> it's that grow es-
1: strongly from here on i 100%. would expect
0: 100 percent. i'm intrigued by that as well especially given that in report you also mentioned that there's been a heightened level of uh, demand for foreign referenced yeah. uh, etns and etfs and i'm assuming that even with the actively managed certificates this might yeah. be a trend uh, that some uh, portfolio managers look to to, to participate in oh
1: well, yes a lot of the actively managed portfolios are offshore and that's quite hard you're sitting in south africa and, you know, you're trying to work out which shares to buy globally sure. Yeah, and how do you swat up, you know, is Apple better than Microsoft or should I buy Nvidia Netflix or whatever, and you know, all these, And all these of true. stuff. So you want a manager who does that professionally for you. Um, but you don't just want him to buy Netflix. You want him to buy some other shares as well. You know, he can buy some Apple and he can buy some uh, maybe some Tencent for you and perhaps the Taiwan Semiconductor Company. So he can buy a whole portfolio of shares for you. And you can buy that just easily through the, through the stock exchange. So uh, So that's where actively managed come in. Now, last year, we had a heck of a good start to the beginning of the year. The South African market went up to record highs
0: Mm.
1: by, I think, February. And for the rest of the year, it just came down. True. So if you wanted to make money in South Africa last year, you had to invest in international markets. Mm -hmm. They took a while to pick up. But from about September last year, there was a big run in American shares, particularly high-tech shares. Yes. People suddenly realized that this artificial intelligence and all these new ideas was making a lot of money for a lot of big technology companies because you've got to have a lot of money to be able to launch artificial intelligence right across your, your whole platform of, of investors. 100%. So it needs a Microsoft or a, a Facebook or a um, or a Apple or something like that to do this. And so that was a place to be last year, was to buy foreign investments. And a lot of people did that through ETFs listed yes. on the stock exchange, that give you direct exposure to these international investments. And uh, I think that was a big learning curve for many people who suddenly realised that these things are... Easily accessible to me, mm. just buying them as normal shares on the stock exchange. So, uh, and uh, if he did that last year, he did very well. 100%. Because <laughs> the rand also fell, and as the rand falls, the price of your, your price, of you're buying something in dollars, and if the rand depreciates, then the, the dollar mm-hmm. price of that, uh, or the rand price of your dollar investments goes up. So, uh, so that was the place to be last year. Probably going to be the place to be this year as well, but mm. we hope the South African market may be makes a comeback during the course of the year.
0: And I'm assuming when it comes to uh, passively managed funds, I guess, should we still be uh, paying attention to some of the market dynamics and the sentiment? You know, the news around central banks, when the Fed is going to cut to in- increase interest rates, when we're likely going to see some outcomes in terms of the geopolitics and what that means. And I ask this because on a show like this, every other day, we talk about these market factors. But as a retail investor myself, it doesn't actually play an influence on the performance of my ETFs.
1: It does influence the the macro factors, you know, what's happening in economies, what's happening in inflation, what's happening in interest rates, what's happening to sentiment, and that can be driven by geopolitical events. Mm -hmm. All that makes a big impact on markets. Markets run on confidence and on sentiment. And it's quite hard for you and me to keep track of that. Yes. (laughs) You know, because you've got to listen to a lot of programs, you've got to read a lot of blogs and all the rest to do that. We still
0: need to sleep in between. (laughs) And you want to sleep in between,
1: you're going to have supper and do, do nice things watch uh, Bafana Bafana play or whatever you oh want to do. Right? <laughs> so so uh, it's very useful to have professional managers mm. who can do that for you. And most professional managers, the biggest factor in their choice of which investments to make is what's happening in the macro world, the mm. macro environment. Underlying, you've got to look at, is a company good or not? Uh, is it producing good results? Is it Has it got a stable balance sheet? Has it got uh, good financials? But in the end, what really determines markets is global sentiment, what's happening to investor confidence and what's happening to these day-to-day events. Yeah, Which can make a big, big difference. And so, uh, and that's where ETFs are quite so useful because they're very liquid. Mm. You can say, I want to buy America today and in a month's time, I think America's now peaked. What do I buy next? I'll buy China. So I sell my American ETF and I'll buy a Chinese ETF. Mm. Just one transaction, just a switch. And so it does enable you to manage your own portfolios or if you go to a professional manager for him to manage portfolios very quickly. Yes. By just buying ETFs that give him exposure to a particular theme or to a particular asset class or to a particular country. 100%. And that's, that's why they're becoming so popular. And I don't see that stopping for the time being. I think it's going to continue growing for some time. So, uh, um, so if you don't know anything about ETFs, you know, Oh, Time to find out. (laughs) Definitely,
0: I would agree. I believe I was first introduced to them about 12 years ago. And uh, if I'm honest, I haven't looked back. And I think I'm the perfect example, uh, Mike, of a retail investor who perhaps wasn't too clued up or was learning and trying to understand some of these themes, but the costs, access, uh, appeared to be very technical. And we've had previous conversations at the investment forum where we spoke about retail investors, but more specifically those who actually come from a group savings or stock file environment. Mm -hmm. And I'm keen to understand if we've actually seen a significant pickup uh, in Retail investors uh, seeking exposure to ETFs as no, well. the
1: retail investor market is it's there, but it's quite small, unfortunately, because people sure. are under stress, financial mm. stress. And uh, retail investors do well when the economy is booming and you're getting employed and you're getting bonuses and so on. True. It becomes much tougher when things are more difficult. So what's driving the retail market in South Africa is basically your, your wealthier individuals uh, who've got money to invest. Mm. and Increasingly, they're looking at costs. They're looking at access, and yes. that's why ETFs are becoming more interesting to them. But that is a bit of a problem in the South African market. The, the wealth in the country is quite finite, and it just keeps moving amongst different asset managers. There's not sure. a lot of new wealth being actually created, mm. and uh, that's a pity in a way. But it does it has allowed the ETF industry to catch up and take over quite a lot of business that used to be done by big active managers, now moving to smaller passive managers because the costs are there, it's transparent, it's more liquid. And uh, and you can look after your own investments. You know, uh, you're a young young girl, but I mean, if you'd invested in Satrix 40 when it was listed Ooh, in 2000, sure. at one rand a share, sure. and it's now trading at something like 80 rands a share. My goodness. There's virtually goodness. no investments that's done as well as that for the last 22 years. If you yeah. just bought and held it and put a bit of money every month, you put 300 rand a month debit order into it. Yeah. And Increase it often encourages stability in investments. You buy a good product, which gives you exposure to the top shares in the country or the top shares in any market, and you just stick with that product. Yeah. So you don't have to have a massive amount of variety. Mm. You just need to get in a good habit. And investment's a good habit. Putting money away every month's a very good habit. I mean, there's lots of bad habits, which are fun, but investments are good habits, eventually, because you're going to make a lot of money, then you can have fun.
0: Exactly. I'm so glad that you used that analogy, because again, it reminds us of the fundamental principles of investing, which is uh, time in the market versus timing the market. And of course, the uh, effect of compound interest, uh, and what that means for long term investments, because Satrix having started in 2000, you saw the global financial crisis, Mm -hmm. uh, the change in elections that we've seen here in South Africa, and of course, over in the US, Uh, just recently would have been the pandemic. So all all of these particular factors, and i 'm keen to understand, have we seen a sense of resilience then from um, investments in exchange traded funds despite those particular quite a lot of resilience
1: headwinds. yes I think you know you, there's uh, people realize in the end you you don 't want to move in and out of investments because sometimes when you move out it uh, it 's hard to get back in again mm. and let 's say you take a profit when you move out of your investments now you 've got to pay capital gains tax so you 've got to pay taxes across and all this so you you don't always get back in as, as rapidly as you should so the best way to invest is to stay invested mm. have top quality blue chip investments and stay invested and just ride it through the peaks and troughs and all the rest i always tell you the right time to buy investments is when the market's tanking when it's troughing but none of us are disciplined enough to say i'm going to put money <laughs> in when the market true. looks bad but that's the right time to buy because everything's cheap
0: true what do they, like, they call it when knife, they're yeah? selling
1: at the the actual price, you wait till they have a sale, and they say 50% off. Then you go and buy what you yes. want to buy. Same thing with markets. Um, stay in markets consistently, and if you've got additional money to invest, often buying into dips in the market or troughs is is is, is a good idea. But the best particular, the best single uh, advice I think anybody can get is to just stay invested over a period of time. Mm
0: definitely the growth are certainly there Uh, effects are certainly there if you've just joined us it's 20 minutes after seven o'clock we are in conversation with Mike Brown who's the managing director of ETFSA if you haven't heard of them where have you been but if so keep listening because this is a conversation that could fundamentally change your life and your view of investments how to access them and of course the discipline required to ensure that you're able to accrue wealth over a, a long period of time we are talking about exchange traded funds an investment option which is a view has been more passive but the truth is really been incredibly successful and if I'm not mistaken uh, the likes of Warren Buffett have often been uh, firm advocates for uh, these kind of investment options for uh, investors in the global community.
1: Yes Warren Buffett's the most famous active investor in the world he runs a portfolio of yes. companies that he's bought and held through the years you know he bought Coca-Cola when nobody knew what Coca-Cola True. was and he's held it all the time but his current advice is, is if you're getting in the market just buy an index tracker. By the Stan and Paul's index tracker and that's it. That's all you buy. Mm. rest of it is a bit of money in cash to meet your your day-to-day demands. But put all your money into a tracker fund. And uh, he was probably the most successful and most experienced investor in the world. And he's, yeah, he's quite an old bloke. He's right? 93. He's older than I am. Um, so he knows what
0: You're he's talking about, I would think. You're True. <coughs> exactly. On that note, Mike, I'm, I'm keen to understand where this passion for investments came from. I, I listened to a conversation you had with uh, Simon Brown uh, a few years back and uh, was intrigued by the fact that you were chief economist at the Chamber of Mines, <laughs> 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 then moved into investments. Uh, and at the time, we're focusing on Kruger Rands. And boy, have we come a long way from Kruger Rands, where we now have gold ETFs and
1: ETNs. <laughs> Yes, I was. I was the chief economist at Chairman of Mines a 100 years ago. But that was in the (laughs) days when the gold price went from $25 an ounce in America to $850 an ounce in 10 years. You could become a millionaire overnight. So that was great. You were in the mining industry and it was booming. After that, the gold price gradually declined all the way back to $250, but not back to the 25 that it started at. Mm. So I, I was in the chambers as an economist, but I thought investment seems more interesting. Yeah. And I ran the chambers investments. We had a whole lot of different investment funds. And then, then I got into stockbroking and into other investments. So I've been in an investment game for about 50 years. And I'm still enthusiastic about it because there's so much going on. And there's so much that you can learn. Every day you learn something new, and you think, "Hell, I didn't know that!" Right. You know, and, and, and you learn it from new people and young people. and You don't learn it, uh, you know, from your own colleagues and so on, or your own contemporaries. So it's a good and it's a good profession to be in. But you don't have to be a professional if you just get in the habits of buying good ETFs, sticking with them. Go onto an investment platform. You know, where you can buy through Easy Equities. Mm. ETFSA has its investor hub. You can buy any of the ETFs on the JSC, 300 rand a month or 300 rand to buy any single ETF. Not a lot of big money. You just get in the habit of doing that and consistently you build up your capital. Mm. And that's the best you can possibly do. And then, of course, that capital is available when you want to retire. Yes. You don't want to retire at 93. You want to retire at 63. You know, so you want to have that capital growing for you. And uh, so I think it's it's a fascinating market, the investment market, but some of the rules And the disciplines are quite simple (laughs) Mm. and that's what we all need to learn from
0: that's true doing this easy stuff on a regular basis
1: that's great you
0: mentioned a changing and evolving world and I guess we can't ignore the influence of crypto Mm. and whilst the Reserve Bank is now monitoring those transactions and recognizing it I'm keen to understand what your thoughts are on on crypto backed access I can imagine there's a lot of young investors who are saying give us a crypto ETF of course
1: of course of course Uh, well, crypto, is, is, it's an asset class, but it's digital. So you create assets out of nothing. You have a oh. server and it just creates a, a, a digital asset. Now, um, so it's highly risky. Very. Um, but it can go up in price. Provided more people want to buy it than want to sell it, then the price will rise. And so I believe that we're be at the start of a new type of creative investment, which will be digital, whether it's crypto coins or whether it's some type of portfolio that's run by algorithms or that's run by artificial intelligence. Sooner or later, some AI is going to work out how to beat the market or to develop a a, a portfolio. So I think this type of investment will will gradually form part of your uh, options for Mm -hmm. investment. Because of its risk, uh, I wouldn't put all my money in it, but mm. I think it's a sort of investment that you could look at doing. And the fact that stock exchanges are now recognizing this and they're starting to allow ETFs to track Bitcoin is, is very interesting because an ETF has to be fully guaranteed and, and backed yes. at all times. Yes. Now, we've when, always had a bit of a problem with Bitcoin. How good is the exchange I'm buying this through? And these things keep going bust. Mm. And there's all this fraudulent stuff going on about it. But once it gets on an exchange whether it's the New York Stock Exchange or the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, now becomes regulated. mm. So now you've got the law and you've got regulations backing you. And I think Bitcoin ETFs will become part of the things we need to look at doing. Wow. And when that happens, well, you know, then we can talk about it. <laughs>
0: Definitely. I must say I'm intrigued by your response, but I, I love the open mindedness because I've always been averse when it comes to cryptocurrencies, just the volatility. And I consider it more as trading versus uh, a form of investing. Over well, the highly long-term. volatile
1: investment is really a trading investment. But over time, as it becomes better known, the volatility may disappear. But for the time being, yes. Yeah, and I quite often get young people come to me and say, well, I've made all this money with Bitcoin. What should I do? i say, sell. Take <laughs> <Yeah>. your profit. <laughs> no, no, I'll hang on for a bit longer. I'll wait for it to go up, and it doesn't do that. Mm. So in that sort of asset, you've probably got to take profits on a consistent basis. And when it falls, buy it again and you know, take profits again. So volatility can be used, but volatility is something that professional investors and day traders use with yes. lots of computer power and lots of brain power and so on. It's something that you and I have to get used to. But I think by making cryptos available in an ETF Mm. form, it will make it more accessible to to the man in the street. And so if you've got a a thousand rand to invest and you want to put 10 rand in bitcoins, that's fine. Mm. Put the other nine rand into more stable investments. Exactly. And I think, it'll, I think it'll work in your favor over time. <coughs>
0: Money that you can afford to lose. Typically Money you can
1: the, afford to lose. Yes, exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> on that note, on some of the new themes, Mike, uh, I'm also keen to talk about sustainability and ESG. Uh, yeah. I, I noticed it didn't necessarily pop up in the report, but I'm keen to understand if some of the uh, ETF issuers uh, are looking at uh, constructing some ETFs in this. No, there's
1: quite a lot of ESG ETFs, both globally and locally. Uh, there must be about seven or eight on the JSC, which focus on ESG. And ESG is environmental, social, and governance yes. factors. So you're buying nice sort of stuff that sort of looks after sustainability and protects the uh, the environment. And uh, we've got a good, clean, you know, green world facing us ahead. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was very popular a year or two ago, mm. a few years ago. It's since dropped a little bit in popularity because the market's now focusing on other things. It's saying, if I'm going to buy a good company, that company, by definition, should be looking at ESG. If it wants to got be a sustainable sure. investment, it's got to it's got to have a proper social f- and governance policy and a, social, a proper environmental policy in place. Otherwise, nobody's going to ever buy that share. Mm-hmm. So most of the companies that you're buying now have got ESG considerations in place. Mm-hmm. There was a period about 10-15 years ago where we got all wild in the JSC about corporate governance. Yes, we had the King reports, you know, Mervyn King and all yes. this rest. you had to have a governance score and all the rest. Well, that was mm-hmm. everybody's. Came out eventually with an integrated financial report, saying he has my governance factors and he has what I do, and everybody got used to it after a while. So it didn't matter anymore, because you assume that any good company was pursuing good corporate governance, and the same thing with ESG. But I would say that over time, uh, it's quite useful to invest in companies that have got good ESG uh, considerations and factors, and and there is lots of different surveys that m- measure your ESG score, mm-hmm. and uh, and so yes, so. Uh, if if somebody says to me, in the long term, I want to buy a world ETF index, a world index and in ETFs, but I can buy a plain one or I can buy an ESG version, I'd say go and buy the ESG version uh, for long term. Because you know that those companies are always going to okay. be top of the game in terms of the way they... Uh, they report in terms of the way they run their businesses.
0: (coughs) Makes sense. I was also intrigued uh, by uh, a theme that you highlighted around Easy Equities having purchased Cloud Atlas um, 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 ETFs last year. But, of course, the attractiveness of ETFs that give exposure to the rest of the continent hasn't really garnered much attention. I'm really intrigued by that because we've often thought that there's some hidden gems across the continent, um, but I'm aware that the Kenyan stock market also struggled last year. Uh, Is this still a market that... Could be reworked, I guess, for opportunities and growth.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, that's a long conversation. Cloud Atlas, we were a good, good bunch. You said, listen, we're going to just invest in Africa, bonds in Africa, and in equities in Africa. And uh, at certain stages, they had a very good portfolio. But Africa's a tough place to invest in because mm. if you're in Nigeria, they just shut their markets. Yeah. You couldn't get any money out. You Liquidity. Couldn't, you couldn't trade. And it's not only Nigeria, there were a number of African markets that did that. So eventually the cloud Atlas portfolios were just not tradable. Mm. Because so many of those markets, because of COVID and then the, the impact later of you know Russia, Ukraine war and oil prices shooting through the roof and commodities doing wild things. A lot of these African uh, stock exchanges are not liquid and they're not stable enough to form a really good index. Mm. So cloud Atlas is probably a bit before their time. Mm. And so those uh, products didn't attract any value, and in the end, they've had to shut them. They've had to suspend them and shut them. And so Easy Equities said, Well, we can pick up this license mm. to, to issue ETFs cheaply, and that's what they've done. And I think Easy F, Equities have got their own ideas in terms of launching. 100%. Particularly actively managed products on the market
0: makes sense well those are all individuals that we will continue to reach out to because they continue to assist us in sharing the messaging around yeah. investment opportunities sure. especially for the retail uh, segment like ourselves mike i can talk to you all evening <laughs> and i'm certainly enjoying this but i can't let you go without giving us some i guess some of your views and prospects as to what we can expect in the year ahead and maybe top of mind I'm thinking could we see some pressure when it comes to um, um, re-weighting of of, uh, indices and uh, especially given some articles around Sibanya Stillwater perhaps coming out of the top 40 Um, and of course just some insight on on new issuances of ETNs and ETFs ETFs,
1: uh, sorry indices always rebalance there's always companies that are going in the index and companies coming out of the index so, rebalancing of indices is not a big factor because you're always in the top 40 companies Regardless. if you buy the top 40 index. And some companies go in and companies go out. Companies not performing drops out and a company that's doing better comes in. So, uh, I wouldn't worry too much about indices. I think the big factor f- for investment markets in the coming year is that everybody expects interest rates, yes. which went up dramatically. From the middle of 2022 and stayed very high in 2023, are going to come down. Mm -hmm. When interest rates start falling, that's very good for financial markets, both for equities, for shares, and also for bond markets. In other words, fixed interest or fixed income securities. So it could be quite a good year for markets. Mm. We may just have to wait a little bit longer than we think for interest rates to fall. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. So be patient. Got you. That's what I would suggest.
0: Fair enough. We're seeing it already so far when it comes to the U.S. equity. So hopefully that will subside. Another factor that I want to throw in there, of course, is um, when it comes to ETFs that are exposed to certain commodities. I know gold ETFs have done uh, significantly well over a certain period of time. Uh, platinum under pressure, if we look at the prices, is, is, you know, are we still contemplating that, especially when it comes to uh, the dynamics coming out of China?
1: Uh, Yes, commodities are very volatile. You know, they, uh, you know platinum group metals were, um, had a lot of popularity because all of a sudden uh, people were saying you can't have the same exhaust emissions as we accepted in the past. So you yes. had to use platinum metals and exhaust catalysts. So there, there was this big increase in demand for platinum. Now everybody's moving towards electric cars. Yes, But electric cars aren't doing anything like as well as everybody's anticipating. Mm. So we may have a switch back to internal combustion index, perhaps using more sustainable fuels. So you don't just use oil, you use fuels that have by, you know, know, plants or agricultural stuff or just synthetic uh, factors in them. So I think platinum group metals may make a bit of a comeback, but I wouldn't expect it immediately. Um, So commodities is a very volatile place to be in, and uh, we learned that to our uh, cost because the ETFSA was very prescient and way in getting a lot of our clients into Rhodium, which went from 100 rand a share to something like 3,000 rand a share at one stage. Sure. When it got to 3,000 rand a share, nobody wanted to sell because they didn't want to pay their capital gains tax. Uh. So now it's gone back to about um, 800 rand a share. So it went from 100 to all the way to 3,000, now back at 800 rand a share. So that volatility has played havoc with a lot of portfolios and that's mm-hmm. why I'm a little bit wary about having too much sitting in commodities because that up and down can can play havoc with your portfolios. Um, But uh, um, as an asset class, if you really like it, um, ETFs is the best way to buy those metals because you can buy a gold ETF or a platinum ETF or a rhodium ETF. You can even buy a copper ETF. If you think copper is going to be the the metal of the future, which some people say, well, just go and buy a copper ETF. But you might have to wait a while for it to come right. But ETFs give you that access.
0: 100%.
1: To be able to buy the metal directly, not have to buy the underlying shares because they're Companies that mine metals can have all sorts of things can go wrong. You That's know, true. Rock falls and power blockages and union strikes and all Ex- sorts of things Oh, boy, we've witnessed wrong. that in South You don't South Africa. want to buy that. You just want to buy the metal, <laughs> and the ETFs give you access to that.
0: 100%. Mike, we've enjoyed this conversation, but there's one voice note that we do have from one of our listeners, uh, tips if I'm not mistaken, commenting on a crypto ETF. So yeah. let's listen to this before we wrap it up. But you don't have
1: to be a professional. Hi. Good evening, Gugu. Good evening, Mike. Uh, I call him Pramike. <laughs> I know mike from way long i think seven eight nine years back uh he once hosted a seminar at jse introducing the ETF uh, sa since then i never looked back uh mike i need to know do you have anything new for this year especially for kids i've got a 15 year 15 year old daughter She's so keen to learn about the ETFs and she always asks me, "Daddy, what are you doing on your laptop?
0: I see the numbers going up and down. So I don't know if you've got something for kids
1: where they can start learning about the ETFs and how to invest in ETFs. Uh, Otherwise, great show. And yes, I do love you, Mike, because you introduced me to ETFs SA. Thank you. Bye. He's happy and uh, done well and fantastic. Yes, we do. Yeah, we did a lot of uh, seminars for first-time investors going back some years and then we found because there was less and less money around there was less and less uh, reason to do it Um, but we're under a lot of pressure to do it and I think that's one of the things we probably will be doing during the course of this year is doing more sort of learning type courses how do you get started in ETFs and Mm. what should you do and uh what you now have is this magic of teams, MS Teams and Zoom and so on. So you don't have to hire a venue exactly. and spend a lot of money and give everybody a drink and your know, Maori biscuit and a cup of tea afterwards. <laughs> you can just do it on a webinar. True. So what you were saying there I think is important. I think we're going to go back to these sort of learning type webinars and we'll publicize it on in the, in the ETFSA website. And I think both for yourself and your daughter, uh-huh. for that listener, I think you, know, you might well find it's sometimes quite useful, uh, even for experienced investors. I often find going back and really? listening to something that tells you how to do things, you, well, I should know all about this. And you find there's always something that you didn't know and that you learn. So, uh, But we are... Uh, I think, going to be targeting because we get more and more people saying, I really want to be an investment. Definitely. And, I, um, and I'd like to know more about it. And I don't learn this at school and I don't learn this at university. Yes. So where can I learn it from?
0: Exactly. Mike, your influence uh, in in, in our lives has really been incredible. I myself got introduced to the world of investing through ETFs, bought my first Satrix Top 40, (laughs) haven't looked back uh, and (laughs) even diversified the portfolio beyond that. So as Stebs has mentioned for him, for his daughter and the many other people that you've um, had Mm -hmm. presentations with, we truly appreciate your efforts. Mm -hmm. Long may your efforts continue to last and please, please do host those upcoming webinars to educate us all on such a critical skill to make sure that everybody has the flexibility and the power yes wealth. we'll do
1: that uh, and, uh, and what I think we, if we could we'll let you know when they're happening definitely you could perhaps mention it to some of your listeners they can just uh, for sure come onto our website and do it to you and there's no cost for doing it but it's just spending a bit of time and I like this one thing I like about webinars you can store them yes you can put them on a podcast and just keep them there so you don't have time to look at it tonight you can go back there and look at it at another time so I think in this new world of uh, electronic communication and all the rest I think we need to go back to educating more definitely so that's something you taught me tonight let's go and do
0: that <laughs> thank you so much mike you've taught me so much oh, in the words of tips Bra, mike love the uh, 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 affection that he's shown for, uh, for you this evening and i can imagine how conversations around the bra are with you talking all things investments but really appreciative of your insight and looking forward to touching base with you soon on the progress at etfsa
1: thanks for the invitation i really appreciate it
0: truly appreciate thank your you. time sir
1: If you missed it live, catch the
0: broadcast on (laughs) Kaya959.co.za.